Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezi Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Hello and welcome to The Gut Goddess Show. I have an incredible episode for you today that is going to inspire and equip you to be as well, as healthy, as energized as you can be. This episode is going to help your gut microbiome and your relationship with food and help you balance your hormones and improve your energy, all while inspiring you, motivating you, and also letting you know you're not in this alone. Like, I'm right here with you. I've got you. And you're probably listening to this around the festive season. Ho, ho, ho. I hope you are doing well. Maybe you're listening to this whilst you're stuffing a turkey or making mince pies or trying to navigate deep family drama. Wherever you're at, you know, I see you. Maybe you're working over the festive seasons and you're doing tons of shift work and you hate people talking about Christmas. I used to have a job where I worked shifts over Christmas and it was annoying. So I, I do feel you if that's you. But wherever you are at, I hope that you are well. And so before we dive into this week's episode, which is going to be such a good one for you, just want to remind you of a couple of things. If you're still listening to this before the 21st of December, you can get access to my Eat and Be Merry recipe ebook. This is all of my favorite, most delicious festive recipes from stolen bites to gingerbread muffins, to Christmas cake, to brownies, to basically all the snack and treat recipes that you need so that you can enjoy Christmas, feel festive, have some treats, but also not be bloated, sluggish, tired and fatigued and enter the new year feeling more like a, I don't know, winter whale than a fabulous gut goddess. I've put it all in the Eat and Be Merry recipe ebook. It's only £11. You can buy it now if you go to keziahall.com forward slash be merry. It's basically your survival guide to the holiday season. I really, I, my philosophy is really about feasting and enjoying food. This isn't about just eat celery over Christmas. It's really about, yes, what food can you eat that's going to support your gut microbiome and your energy production and your brain and your mood and your hormones, but also how can we cultivate a good relationship with food? Because food is celebration. It is family. It is community. It is a part of the rituals we have in life and that's okay, but how can we have both? How can we feel good? support our gut, support our microbiomes and enter the new year feeling really well instead of just like this sugar, hungover, fat, awful, depressed person, which is how I used to feel by, by New Year's Eve, just from all the sugar and all the rubbish food that just really impacted my mood, my gut health and my symptoms. I just got sick of feeling that way. But I still really want to enjoy Christmas and feel like a normal person. You know, I wasn't, I didn't want to sit there and... But yes, I'll just have a green juice. <laughs> no, I want to eat mince pies. Anyway, so that is what I have, why I created the Eat and Be Merry recipe ebook. It is your guide, your survival guide to the festive season. It's only £11. Grab it now. You'll get it instantly sent in your inbox. There's over 25 recipes of savory and sweet. It's, it's mainly sweet treat recipes, but there's a couple of savory snacks in there as well. And also when you buy it, you'll also get access to my mystery masterclass happening in January. So if you know you need some accountability, a bit of support to help with your relationship with food, to have some guidance, this is perfect. It's really, really affordable, like 
super low cost available to everybody. And also you'll get some support in January in 2023 as well. So it's the perfect way to enter the new year and the Christmas season and just enjoy your food without like losing the plot with your relationship with food and with how you feel and your symptoms. So that's keziahall.com forward slash be merry. The next thing is, if you want to work with me in 2023, then you can sign up now to save your place, pay a small deposit or your first monthly payment and secure your place for the new year without having to pay my increased fees. In 2023, I'm changing up some of my programs and my price will increase. But if you know you want to work with me next year, you know you want to enter the Christmas season feeling really good, knowing you have a plan in place, knowing that stuff sorted, that come March 2023, you will have seen massive shifts. You'll have support. You'll have accountability. Things will change for you in 2023 if you want that. But you also want, and you also want to save some money, then now's a great time to book in and um, kind of pay your deposit. And then we can get started in January or February 2023. So if you want to chat more about that, if you want to find out more information, get sorted, go to keziahall.com forward slash book. That's keziahall.com forward slash book. Or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm at, I am Kezia Hall on Instagram. But if you just book in your free Zoom chat, it doesn't commit you to anything. There's no pressure, but it just means we can chat it through. I'll explain how it works. And then essentially you can just sign up, either pay your first uh, monthly payment. And I have um, six, eight, 10 or 12 month payment options. So I keep it super flexible or just pay a small deposit. And then we can get started whenever it suits you in January and February. So if you know you need personalized bespoke support with weekly, daily accountability, lab testings, you know, this, the full in-depth package so that you can see incredible results in 2023, sign up now, book your call now chat it through and then you can decide because it will just save you some money and it also you know when you sign up now you won't have to pay the increased prices in 2023 but we could get started in February if that worked for you better and you just know you'll have that accountability we can start running labs over the next couple of months it'll be awesome so I do have space for new clients heading into the new year so if you want to work with me keziahall.com forward slash book keziahall.com forward slash book and if you just want some delicious festive recipes, then go to keziahall.com forward slash be merry. Okay. Essentially, you can find out all of those things at just keziahall.com. <laughs> okay. But I want to just send you so much love. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate you. Please share and review the podcast. It really means the world to me. And if you have been listening to the podcast for a long time and you just want to send a bit of love in my direction, then buying the uh, eat and be merry ebook is a great way of supporting the podcast because this podcast takes time and money to run but I'm so happy to do it because I know I get such great feedback from you guys all the time that this helps helps you to change your lives health gut hormones and skin and that is what I'm here for but if you want to send a bit of love my way this festive season and you want to eat some awesome delicious treats and come to my mystery masterclass in January then you could buy the eat and be merry recipe ebook keziahall.com forward slash be merry sending you lots of love wishing you health and joy and rest and peace and goodness and light and love and wonderfulness as we go through this festive season 
So before I dive into the kind of four or five principles and foundations really about how to eat and how to eat like a gut goddess, how to eat in a different way, you know, I bet you can look at your bookshelf or your recipe shelf and look at all the different ways you've been told to eat, all the different diets, all the different formulas, all the different, you know, kind of methods to eat. But actually what I'm going to be doing today is sharing with you something a bit different and it's probably not stuff that you've heard before. It's probably not an approach you have heard a lot about. And what I'm going to be talking about is how to eat in a way um, that really heals your body. You know, I really approach food from from a couple of different angles. I, I love eating and I love eating food. Um, I think it's fun. I do it. I think it's a great way of building community and relationship. It's a great way to celebrate. It's a great way to comfort. It's a great way to have fun. Food is fun. I love eating food. I'm not going to be one of these people that just eats protein shakes the rest of my life because, I mean, I love a good bowl of meatballs or tomato soup or whatever it is. So food is fun. It's a great way to build community, love and connection, but it can also be really healing. And I do believe it's part of our kind of spiritual act here in the world. It can be a way to really nourish and heal ourselves and our minds and our lives. And eating is really one of those key foundations that is really going to can either propel us into our dream health and our dream life and all the things that we're created on this earth to do, or it's something that can take away from what we want. It can make our life, you know, eating in a, in, a, in a way that's not helpful can actually diminish our dreams, can mean we're less able necessarily to do, to have the energy to do all the things that we want to do. So that is how I approach food. I approach it with joy, with love, with celebration. Um, I approach it with the knowing that it's healing, that it's actually you know something I can do every day to heal and um, build up and build me up towards the dreams that I want to live. So let's look at the five kind of principles of how to eat and how to eat, especially like a gut goddess. So this isn't just like eat these foods and that will, they, they will make you thin because <laughs> I mean that's not really my jam yep I want you to be at your ideal weight and a lot of the clients I work with do need to lose weight that's fine there's nothing wrong with needing to lose weight but this is about so much more than food and it's really about how you value yourself and how valuable you think you are how beautiful you think you are how this is really a lot about our identity actually how we eat for a lot of us anyway um and so these aren't just like don't eat this this is about the whole person the whole whole person so number one when it comes to how to eat is hashtag jiff which means just eat real food if you were going to do one thing take one action from this podcast I would really recommend that you just eat real food. That you, and what that means is um, real food is food that doesn't have like a million ingredients. It doesn't need tons of E numbers and flavor enhancers. And it doesn't need six forms of sugar like dextrose and maltose and sucrose and glucose syrup. It doesn't need those things because it is a real food. It's a food that is ingredients it doesn't have ingredients so real food is things like vegetables fruits wild fish and um, grass-fed organic meats and um, things like nuts seeds oils 
um, sweet potatoes, um, lentils, pulses, um, things like maybe even like spelt flour, all of that sort of stuff, nut butters, all of those kind of things you could put in the category is real food because they are things that you can pick up from the shop. And when you pick up a bag of apples, there's not an ingredients list on it. Or if there is, it says apples. Or if you pick up some salmon, wild salmon from the shop, the ingredients list says wild salmon. It's a, it's a, it's a very easy, easy kind of approach to eating food. Now, realistically speaking, does this mean that I never let a single piece of processed food in my house ever and no packages ever enter my larder? No, that's not the case. You know, I love veggie crisps as much as the next person. So my approach to this isn't about 100% eating real food, but it's about eating the majority of your diet is real food. So that you'll process things, maybe your gluten-free bread or your, um, I don't know, veggie crisps or whatever it is that you like actually is a small percentage of your diet meaning that your diet is not based on these processed foods. So a diet based on processed foods might look like you start the day with a kind of processed cereal um, and then a yogurt with loads of ingredients and sugar and flavor enhancers in. And then maybe you have a cereal bar for snack. Lunchtime is maybe a sandwich with processed bread, processed ham and processed mayonnaise. And dinner time is maybe some pasta um, with um, some pre-made pasta sauce that came in a jar that's got a lot of different ingredients in. That would be a day of kind of processed foods, whereas a day with the majority of real food might mean that you wake up and you have some scrambled eggs and some veggies or some fruit with that. Then you might, you know, if you need a snack after eggs, although most of the time you don't need a snack after eggs, you might have something like a naked bar. That's easily something you can buy at the shop, but has like two or three ingredients. It's relatively simple. It's a processed food, but it's, you know, it's got real food ingredients in. For lunch, you might have some leftover chili from the night before or some homemade soup. And then for dinner, you might make, you know, you might have, you might still have pasta, you know, gluten-free pasta or normal pasta, if that's what makes you feel good. Little side note, normal pasta normally makes nobody feel good. But, you know, if you're the odd person that it does, you might have some pasta with some homemade pesto. So you see how, you know, there is some processed foods into that day. There's some gluten-free pasta to make things easier, all of that sort of stuff. But the majority of the things, of the foods in that day are real food ingredients. So number one, just eat real food. And I would encourage you, think about how much of your diet right now is based on processed foods. Is it 50%, 60%, 70%, 80%, 90%? Just think roughly what percentage of your diet is made up of processed foods. And then what, what you can do is over the next couple of weeks is just slowly just start to readdress that ratio. So maybe you eat 80% processed foods right now. Maybe just start with breakfast. Start making breakfast a more kind of real food dense meal. You just focus maybe on making homemade porridge or... Um, spending more money on a really high quality cereal or you make eggs. Eggs are a great breakfast to have. Um, whatever it is, but start small and just slowly change that ratio. And honestly, it will be one of the best things that you can do for your health. So that's number one. Number two is eat foods that make you feel good. Eat foods that make you feel good. 
Now, what I mean by feeling good is that you feel good, not just for five minutes or two minutes or 10 minutes, but that you feel good for the entire time after you've eaten it. So you might be like, Kezia, I feel great when I've ordered a Domino's pizza. I love Domino's. I don't have to cook and then I just eat it. But my guess would be maybe half an hour after you've eaten it, maybe immediately after you've eaten it, you probably don't feel great. You might feel a bit bloated. You might feel like you're a bucket of oil. You might feel a bit sluggish. The next day you might make up with like a fuzzy mouth with like a mouth pizza hangover. I only say this from experience. Um, you know, you, you, you might feel good for five minutes after eating it, but you don't feel good for the full 24 hours after eating it. It's the same with, you know, um, getting drunk and having loads of alcohol. You might feel great in the moment, but you're not going to feel great for the 24 hours after you've had it, if you've had it in excess, if you've really kind of gone all out for the alcohol. Same with sugar, same with lots of these different foods. So it's really about focusing on eating foods that make you feel good. And this also relates to specific foods as well. So a lot of my clients, the first thing that we do together is figure out what foods make them feel good. And for a lot of people, they can respond to quote unquote healthy-ish foods that, but for them, they don't make them feel good. They, and what I mean by that is if food doesn't make you feel good, it's probably because you're having maybe a low-grade immune response to it. Um, you're probably not able to digest it properly, so it's not getting fully digested into the right molecular kind of form that it needs to be transported and utilized to, to the, your cells around your body. And it, it can mean that your, your body is seeing this food as a threat or as some sort of foreign invader that needs to be defended against. So it means your body's a bit more on high alert when it comes to eating these foods. And so it's really, really important that you figure out what those foods are. So for example, a lot of my clients um, will figure out if dairy makes them feel good, and especially milk. I find that most people don't feel great on lots of milk. There's always exceptions to that rule, but a lot of people don't. And milk in itself, if you look at the nutritional profile of milk, it's got some good nutrients in, especially if you have organic, maybe raw, good quality milk. It can have a really good nutrient profile. You know, it's great for your fat-soluble vitamins. It's a good source of um, some protein, some fats, all that sort of good stuff. But actually, if you look at if you look at how it impacts a lot of people, it doesn't make them feel good. It maybe um, impacts their bowel habits, their toilet habits, makes them sinusy, blocked up. It maybe affects their skin. It's maybe not actually the most helpful food. It doesn't make them feel good. Does it mean that dairy is inherently an evil and unhealthy food? No, but it, it might be unhealthy for you if it doesn't make you feel good. So it's a really simple way of approaching it and just thinking about what are the foods that make you feel good? Does bread make you feel good? Does pasta make you feel good? Does eating berries make you feel good? Does eating that kind of greasy Chinese takeaway twice or three times a week really make you feel good? Does that panini at lunchtime make you feel good for the rest of the day? Does it energize you for your work and make and set you up for success? Those are some really interesting and important questions we need to ask ourselves. And it's what I do with a lot of my clients is we just figure out together and everyone's different, you know? For me, um, gluten doesn't make me feel good. Um, lots of sugar doesn't make me feel good. And a lot of milk doesn't make me feel good, but I can tolerate cheese and butter generally. Um, but milk especially, I have to keep that to a minimum. Um, I can have it more now that I've healed my gut and done a lot of work. But back in the day, I could not consume milk in large amounts because it would send me to the toilet. 
Um, you know, I have some clients where garlic doesn't make them feel good and onions don't make them feel good. Other clients where wheat doesn't make them feel good, but gluten is fine. So it's figuring out what makes you feel kick-ass and what makes you feel like crap. <laughs> it's, very, it's really, very simple because it's important that you feel good. That's, that's, that's why we're talking about this whole health thing, how to eat, health malarkey. It's that you feel good. So you feel like yourself. You feel confident in the skin that you're in. So that's number two. Number three is deal with any addictions. And this kind of fits in really what we've, what we've just talked about. But if there's any food that you are like, oh my goodness, Kezia, I could not live without bread, sugar, biscuits, alcohol, cheese, whatever it is, I would really get you just to think about, do you feel addicted to those foods? And I do use the word addicted um, deliberately. I know, you know, it's, I, I did used to work with um, opiate addicts and alcoholics back in the day. So I don't use the word lightly. I do know the impact of and have seen the impact of, of addictions. But I do think that having an addiction to anything is a very disempowering and um, stuck place to be. If you are addicted to any food, whether it's sugar, whether it's bread, actually what you're saying is that food is in control of you. And actually a gut goddess is in control of what she eats. Food does not control her. She controls her food. She is not, doesn't have to eat anything. She is not um, compelled to eat any foods. Actually a gut goddess eats at what she wants to eat, eats what makes her feel good and is in control of what she eats. So I'd really encourage you to think about, is there food that you are addicted to? Because a gut goddess it loves food, enjoys food, eats a wide variety of food, enjoys quote unquote healthy food and unhealthy food. You know, it's not about eating perfectly, but is in control. And there isn't those addictions there where she has to just have that coffee or she has to have that biscuit or she has to do X, Y, and Z. And I do think food addiction is a, is a real thing. We offer, Food is a great way to comfort ourselves and it's a great way to numb out and just deal, you know, and we, we live stressful lives. We have a lot going on and food often is the only tool we have in our toolbox to deal with the stresses of life. So it's really, really important that we just ask ourselves, is, are we dependent on any food? Does our happiness depend on eating a certain food every day and and do we are we do we feel free and empowered to make the choices we want to make with our food really really important so um number I think this is number four (laughs) I really shouldn't number things numbers numbers in me have an interesting relationship but anyway number four is deal with sugar. And again, this rolls on from what we've just talked about because the biggest addiction I see people have is to sugar. They are, their sweet tooth is just crazy. They are addicted to sugar. They maybe even say it that way or they have a really big sweet tooth or they crave sugar a lot. But I would say with, along with just eating real food, that dealing with your sugar addiction or just dealing with the amount of sweet stuff that you eat in the day is one of the best things you can do for your health. Really, really is. And it's a really important place to start. So what I mean by sugar specifically and to start with is really looking at your refined sugar consumption. So your white sugar, your table sugar, your golden syrup, your brown sugar, and anything that's in ingredients as dextrose, glucose, maltose, any oats, 
O-S-E is always a sugar. And just dealing with that. And actually, when you, if you start to remove more of the processed foods or start to readdress that balance, you'll actually naturally remove a lot of the, the sugar from your diet. But it's really worth dealing with it. And honestly, clients tell me this all the time, but ditching the sugar is easier than you think. The biggest difficulty with um, ditching sugar is actually your mindset. It's actually the thought of it that is harder than actually doing it. I had a client recently who came to me. She was wanting to lose weight, but um, had kind of been indoctrinated in this diet lifestyle for a while. Also um, was really struggling with kind of chronic fatigue type symptoms, lots of body aches, lots of um, pain and low energy. And she came to me and she knew she was addicted to sugar. And I said to her, let's call her Bob. I said, Bob, honestly, this is easier than you think. You just have to do something. You just have to get started, take action. And you'll find, you'll say to me in a few weeks time, Kezia, this is so much easier than I thought it would be. And guess what happened? Four weeks later, after Christmas, even, you know, the start of the year, she'd gone through the whole Christmas season. and was like, Kezia, you know what? This is easier than I thought it would be. I actually enjoy eating this way and it's not as hard as I thought. So dealing with your sugar is a really, really important. And a great way to start with that is just to transition to more naturally sweet things. So things like fruit, maybe some natural sweeteners, and just be really mindful of excluding large amounts of refined sugar in your diet. You know, you might have some dark chocolate a couple of times a week or a little bit every evening that has a small amount of sugar in, but really you don't want every meal you eat to have something that has refined sugar in. You really want to focus on all those other awesome, yummy, real foods out there. So that's number four, is dealing with your sugar demons. Because I know I used to be a total sugar addict. Um, I, you know, and even when I got healthier, I just became a bit addicted to fruit and dates and, you know, these naturally sweet things that I was eating like 10 portions of a day because I thought was healthier. And actually our bodies really need us to um, have healthy, balanced insulin management and eating too much sugar basically kind of stuffs that up often. I know, very, it's my very scientific explanation. So, and number five is focus on eating healing foods. So gut goddesses often have come from the place where they have maybe not felt amazing. Maybe they've been bloated, their toilets habits have been weird, they've maybe had some embarrassing symptoms, their hormones have maybe been a little bit crazy and painful, and they maybe kind of are coming from this sort of dieting culture they maybe have a bit more weight than they would like, they feel tired, and they maybe have skin issues going on. So actually focusing on every day, making sure you're eating some healing foods is really, really helpful. And so healing foods are often real foods that are a bit like supercharged, kind of, you know, like super awesome foods. So these would be foods like um, fermented foods, which are forms of probiotic foods. That could be a really helpful healing food and foods that specifically help to support your liver detoxification process and help support the two pathways that are part of that detox process that our body does 24-7. And so those would be foods maybe like beetroot or garlic, green leafy veg, um, ginger, turmeric, those kinds of things. Um, A healing food might be things like egg yolks. Egg yolks are amazing healing food. I'm going to go and have some um, soft boiled eggs now after this um, recording. 
Um, they might be, they're really about foods that are nutrient dense. So fermented foods, meaning foods like kefir, kombucha, um, uh, water kefir, dairy kefir, um, sauerkraut, kimchi, those kinds of things. Um, liver supporting vegetables that are things like beetroot, green leafy veg, garlic, grapefruit. Although if you're on certain medications, you need to be careful about grapefruit, um, onions, all of those kinds of things. And then your nutrient-dense food, things like egg yolks. Egg yolks are amazing for the body and also they're great for hormonal support, fertility support, gut healing, all of that good stuff. So making sure every day, like every day I'll always make sure or tend to make sure I have eggs in there some way. I'll always make sure I have some sort of liver-supporting food in there and I'll always try and have some sort of fermented food or probiotic. So just to make sure I really focus on at some point, I almost see those foods as supplements. I think about them like I would take a probiotic. I think, okay, let's supplement with a bit of extra garlic in my chili, which I might do tonight. Or at lunchtime, I'm going to do some soft boiled eggs. So I get some of that nice kind of runny egg yolk, which is really nutrient dense. And I just think about incorporating these foods in because gut goddesses want to heal. And we want to be healed, not just for the sake of it. We, we want to feel good and feel strong and resilient so that we can do some kick-ass stuff on this planet, so that we can love our communities and our families really well, so that we can just live the life we want to do. We can create businesses and do jobs and run families and create art and music and innovation and just be ourselves, you know? And all of these different methods are really helpful ways of doing it. So if you're confused about how to eat, just begin with eating real foods. That's one of the best places you can start with. Then focus on eating foods that make you feel good. Then number three, look at if there's any foods you're addicted to. And specifically, number four, look at sugar, refined sugar. How much of your diet is made up of that? And could you readdress that balance and ratio? And number five, focus on eating some healing foods so that you can live one kick-ass life because you feel awesome and you've healed your gut and your body and your hormones and your energy production and your skin and your mind and you just feel great. So I hope that has been really helpful for you guys in terms of kind of debunking some of the stuff out there about what to eat and what not to eat and Oh, I mean, it is a bit overwhelming and hopefully this kind of pathway, this five-part pathway can inspire you just to take some steps. You don't need to take a humongous leap. You can take small steps every day to help you feel like the goddess, the queen, the divine child of God, the princess that you are because how we eat should really be a reflection of that. And I don't just mean, that doesn't mean we eat perfectly all the time. It really, really doesn't. You know, I will put my hands up and say that that, that that means balance. That means some nights you do enjoy some awesome wine and crisps and you have fun and you do go out for meals and you have that cheesecake, even though you know it's full of refined sugars and you enjoy it anyway. It's, it's not about being perfect. It's not about ticking the boxes. It's about feeling well it's about feeling good and feeling in control of what you're eating and knowing that the that most of what you eat is healing your body and supporting you to live your most dreamiest and most beautiful life 
So if you have any questions about today's episode, then you can either head to my Facebook page or Instagram, which is all at Supernaturally Healthy, and leave a message there. If you have any topics, questions, or any guests you'd love to see on this show, then just head to the show notes, and there's a little contact form in that that you can put any ideas onto that. I love to hear from you guys. I really, really do. I know sometimes when listening to a podcast, it can feel like there's this like separation, but I I honestly love hearing from you. So do be in touch and I will be back next week with some awesome episodes to help you create one happier, flatter and more joyful belly and life. I'll see you soon. Bye. you leave a review on iTunes if you haven't done so already that would mean so much and mean this podcast gets to be in front of even more people's ears and if you want to join me in the shift retreat and create that shift in your hormones and in your belly and in your energy and in your relationship with food in your body the shift that you've been craving for a long time but unable to do on your own come and join us in the shift retreat. There's six month payment plans available and I would love to be with you in person. It's in North Berwick, so based in Scotland, March, 2023. And I would love to see you there. Head to keziahall.com forward slash shift. keziahall.com forward slash shift.